Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. Here's Pastor Willie Taylor. Today, we want to have a special message, and the message is called The Pursuit of Happiness. And uh, I don't really know whether you want to be happy or not, really, you know, because, uh, in, you know, when you think of someone pursuing happiness, you think of really, oh, I don't know whether that's godly or not. You know, to pursue happiness, um, when, you, when you think about pursuing happiness, you think about really uh, unsaved. You know, because when I was unsaved, I pursued happiness. Uh, born saved. I don't know what your theology is, but you can't be born saved. You know, so therefore, that, that's, that's what I, uh, I used to do. And I said, well, God, is somebody knocking? <laughs> I don't know whether that's, that's pursuing happiness or not. I don't know, but, you know. Um, but what I want to do is, uh, it's not on your, on, on the outline that you have back in the soundboard, uh, so you might want to turn to Philippians, or uh, the soundboard, you might want to get that, uh, Philippians, uh, probably 2, uh, maybe 3 through 5, somewhere in that neighborhood. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to start there because, I think it's really, really, really good. How can you pursue happiness when, in fact, your happiness might cause someone else to be unhappy? You thought about that? It might cause someone else to be unhappy. And it says in verse 13 of uh, verse, uh, let's go to Philippians 2. Verse 3, do nothing from selfishness or vainglory, the King James will say. Nothing, absolutely nothing. It says, but with lowness of mind, regard one another more important than yourselves. How can you regard one another more important than yourselves if, in fact, you are pursuing happiness and your happiness might cause them to be unhappy? And it says in verse 4, do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interests of others. Now, let's say that it makes me very, very happy to have, uh, say, some of you probably like chocolate. How many of you like chocolate in here? Okay. A few of you. Okay, good, good, good. A lot of people like chocolate here. And, and you had a chocolate cake, and someone gave you a chocolate cake that they baked. And I mean, it was chocolate. I mean, they made it from scratch. Chocolate, um, the cake was chocolate, and the, and, the, and the icing was chocolate, and it was just chocolate on chocolate. And you had people coming over to your house, and you know they like chocolate. But you say it would make me very, very happy if I could save my cake. For myself. Right. Now, would we be doing something that's godly, really? If we know they like chocolate, we invite them over, but we're not going to serve them any cake because we want to keep it all to ourselves because it will make us happy, right? We'll be happy. That's not what I'm talking about today. There must be some way that we can pursue happiness 
not at the expense of someone else. That's what we want to talk about today. We want to answer two questions, really. Is it okay, is it okay to pursue happiness? Is it okay? If so, how do we do it in a godly way? How do we do it in a godly way? Now, you say, well, it might be how we define godliness. Well, how we define happiness, how we define different words, pursuit of. Well, if you want to pursue something, you follow after it. I mean, you go after it. You're pursuing it. And Jesus said it in, in a, 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 a good way uh, when he was, by the Holy Spirit, telling Paul, through Paul, hey, look, uh, I have... I have attained you. I have reached out to you. And Paul says, you know, I want to apprehend that which apprehended me. So I want to really press, he said, press towards the goal. That's what he wants to do now. Press towards the goal for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. So it's okay to pursue something. But you have to pursue something that's godly. That's what you have to do. Now, when we say happiness, the word happy, when you look it up in a biblical dictionary, it means blessed. Also, some synonyms for, for happiness will be joy. It will be gladness. All those are, are, are words that you can... You can, you can interchange for, uh, because it has similar meanings. So when it says, oh, I'm so joyful, it's saying I'm blessed. Are you blessed? Yes, we're blessed. We're blessed. Are you happy, though? Is there anyone here that doesn't want to be happy today? I want to change your mind because I do not want you um, depressed. I don't want you sad. I don't want you beat down. I want you to be happy, but just not at the expense of someone else. Let's see how we can do that today. Okay? I think the first thing we need to do is find out, was Jesus, was he happy? Could he really be happy with the Pharisees always after him trying to catch him in something? Was he happy with people uh, who didn't have any faith or much faith? Was he happy when he says, you know, eat my flesh and drink my blood? When, and all the disciples said, well, look, we, we, this is a hard saying. And they, they left him, everybody except the twelve. Well, was he happy? Let's find out about really true happiness in that, in, in that sense. Let's look at, let's go to... Hebrews, that's a good book, chapter 12. And a good place to go would be when, in verse 1, let's start there, 1, 2, 3. Do you really want to be happy now? Because there's no need for me to stand up here and teach that if you don't want to be happy. Okay. 
because I have my favorite cake today. And if you don't want to be happy, I, you won't get in it if you come to my house. You won't get no cake. Not none of my cake because I don't want to give it to you anyway. I want to be happy. I want to be happy. Okay. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, now we're talking about in verse, uh, chapter 11, all these people of faith he was talking about, these are the, uh, the, the, the cloud of witnesses surrounding them, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and this sin, it says, which is so easily uh, beset us, and it says entangle us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fix our eyes on Jesus. See, because they're looking to Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the, what's that word? Joy. Now, that's a, we can interchange that with what? Happiness. For the happiness set before him, for the blessedness set before him, for the joy that's set before him, he endured his cross, despised the shame, and was set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, when it says that it, in, it, it did not say for the joy of being on the cross. It did not say that. It said for the joy that was set before him. So there must be some joy that allowed Jesus to go through his ordeal, his passion on the cross for our sins. Something was set before him that was joyous. I mean, that was uh, it's just pure bliss, happiness, blessedness. It must have been something that was set before him. And if, as we read different places in the scripture, we know that in the presence of the Lord, his father, he was going to be with his father. And he was going to get his glory back. Because when he arose and he showed himself to the apostles and the 500 and all the people, they said that, you know, he went to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, Psalm 16, verse 11 will tell you that in the presence of the Lord, there is, right? Fullness of what? Joy. Happiness. In the presence of the Father. See, he said, for the joy that was set before me, I endured the cross. So, so in other words, he's looking forward. He's looking ahead to being with the Father again. So he's saying that, oh, my goodness, I can see it. In, in, in the presence of the Father, there is joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So he endured the cross for that joy. So I don't think he, I know that we wouldn't say, well, Jesus should not have been pursuing that joy. He should not have been so excited about that joy. We should be excited about that joy, shouldn't we? 
We're seated with Christ in heaven. We should be excited for the day that we won't be in this, this old body that we have. Or young body. It's a body that's a can. I mean, it, it is. But we're going to have a new body, aren't we? And we're going we're gonna to be in heaven. Oh, my goodness gracious. It's going to be exciting. It's gonna, we're going to say, we're blessed. We're blessed. We're happy. Aren't you going to be happy? The people who go to other places are not going to be happy. They may think they're going to be happy. They may think so. I don't care if I'm not happy if, if I don't go to heaven because I'm going to enjoy myself on earth. Oh, my goodness. They, they are deceived. They are deceived. Who wants to burn forever and ever and ever and ever for this little time we have on this earth for the little passing pleasures? Come on. Nobody wants to do that in their right mind. But we know that Satan blinds the eyes of the unbelievers so they can't see the glorious light of the gospel. We know that. That's why we pray for the lost. I want to, I want to pursue joy. I want to pursue happiness. I want to pursue being blessed. I want to pursue it. Because I know I can do it in a godly way because Christ did. Let's find out then the second question. If I answer the second, the first one says, okay, it's okay. We can, in a godly way, pursue happiness. Okay, how do we do that then? Well, let's go through some ways we can do that. Let's look at Psalm 144. Let's look at that, and it'll be on your screen. Um, uh, Psalm 144. It is so, so awesome. We're going to probably go to verse 12. It says, Let our sons in their youth be as grown-up plants, and our daughters as corner pillars, Fashion as for a palace. Let our garners be full, furnishing every kind of produce. And our flocks bring forth thousands and ten thousands in our fields. Let our cattle bear without mishap and without loss. Let there be no outcry. In the streets. Wow. Well, if you're not an agricultural community, how would you be happy because of this? Because it says in verse 15, how blessed. Now, what's another word for blessed? Happy. Joyous. How happy are the people who are so situated. Wow. Now, I know you don't have any flocks, no one in here. Uh, Some of you might have some chickens and and horses and stuff like that, but you don't have, you're not an agriculture person. But you might have, I know you have daughters and, 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 and sons. May your sons be blessed. May your daughters be like Job's daughters. 
may your you know, house be full of all the, 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 the goodness of the produce and, and Lynchburg, all the things that, that is good. Uh, maybe you got herbs and spices and all these things that, that, that's come in from foreign countries and your, your cupboards are really full. Your refrigerator is full. You know, you, you have no need of, of anything. You can invite anybody over any time. Your freezer that you have in the basement uh, is full of venison, full of all kinds of meats, you know, because it might be sometimes when you uh, don't have something, can't get to the store, you can pull something out in the freezer. You know, you have, you have a, a uh, what's this thing that, that, that cranks up? Is that electricity go off? You have a, a, a solar generator that you don't have to go to the store for gas. You don't have to do anything. It just operates, you know, just operates because it, it, it's built up all the time. Uh, May, you, your, your marriage, if you're married, be blessed. I mean, blessed, blessed, blessed. And I can say so situated, so, so happy is a person situated like that. I, I guess we'd be happy, wouldn't we? So happy is the person who doesn't have any sickness. No pains. Back, knees, you know, eyes, shoulders. No pain. So blessed is the person that's situated like that. Is that correct? Then it says, in the latter part of verse 15, how blessed are the people whose God is the Lord. And of course, in the King James, it'll read a little different. It says in verse 15, happy is the people, happy is that people that is in such a case, yea, happy is that people whose God is the Lord. Happy, 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 blessed, joyous. That's what it says, happy. Wow. Wow. So one way that we can pursue happiness is in verse 15, the latter part. How happy are the people whose, come on, God is who? The Lord. Jehovah. So if I want to pursue happiness, I'm going to have to have Jehovah as my God. That's what I'm going to have to have. I can't be unsaved and be happy. Not, not, not the way we're talking. We're talking about happiness forevermore. We're talking about, we're talking about you're always happy. You're always blessed. Because God is my Lord. Whoo! Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Let's look at, at, at 146 while we're, we're close over here. Chapter 146 of Psalm. Let's look at verse 5. How blessed, what's another word? Happy is he whose help Ooh, 
is the God of Jacob. Who's your help? Say you're saved now because, you know, you have, you have, the, you have Jehovah as your supreme controller. You're born again. But now, is really truly, is, is really truly, is God your help? Because, see, what happens is that a lot of times we look to someone else for our help. This is what it says. Whose hope is in the Lord, his God. Where's your hope? See? Your hope got to be in the Lord. Can't be in the doctors. Can't be in herbs. It can't be in oils. It can't be in your friends. It can't be in as, as, as good as doctors uh, are as some things, as, as good as oils, herbs, and, and, and all the vitamins are. That can't be my help that I look to. I have to look to the hills. I have to look up high. I got to look at the Lord, my God. That's where my help comes from. My help, my hope, because he's the one who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that's in it, who keeps faith forever. Verse 3 and verse 4, let's go back. And hit three and four now. Do not trust in princes, immortal man, in whose there is no deliverance, no salvation, none, zilch. If you're looking for mortal man to deliver you, no matter who he is or who she is, you're looking in the wrong place. Because his spirit is going to depart. He's going to return to the earth. In that very day, his thoughts are going to perish. So if you put your hopes in mortal man, no matter who they are, so in other words, those of you here whose parents are here, because I have uh, two daughters that are here today, one's out of town, and if their hope is in me, if I'm their help, they're looking in the wrong place. They have to look to the Lord who's their help, and who's their hope, and in him they're going to have to trust. Nobody else. God will use me, hopefully, but there are some things I can't do. There are many things I can't do. Right? And you better believe it, that there is no army, you can have the whole police force around this church and you can't keep somebody from breaking in. You say, well, yes you can. If you got the whole police force around there. Let me tell you, the police force can't do anything with spirits. Can't do anything. They can't sin. Can't do anything. Well, see, God can. God can. Unless the Lord keeps the city, the watchman, what? Wakes in vain, the word of God says. So, unless the Lord is going to keep the church, 
I can, I can tell them to sleep here. Let somebody else break in. My goodness gracious. They'll break in and take me, you know. <laughs> no. No. Let's look at another verse. Because we're talking about how to pursue happiness. The only way you're going to pursue happiness in a godly way is to pursue God who has all happiness. He is. He is. He has it. Let's go to Psalm 119. That's a good place we can go. In Psalm 119, verse 1. How blessed, what's another word? Happy, joyous, are those whose way is blameless. If I want to pursue happiness, I'm going to have to pursue a blameless way. My walk is going to have to be blameless. My lifestyle is going to have to be blameless. Now, I didn't say sinless. I said blameless. Because if I sin, then I can confess my sin. And he's faithful and just to forgive me my sin and do what? Cleanse me of all unrighteousness. And I'll be blameless. Job was blameless, God said. So bad things happened to Job, but God said he was blameless. So I want, I want to be happy and blessed even though I might have to go through some things. Did you, do you hear what I'm saying? See, because most of the world... They cannot be, have, a, have a sense of thankfulness if they are going through some bad things. They, they're not going to say, for the joy that's set before me, I endure this bad thing. But see, we can if we are pursuing God. It says, whose walk in the law of the Lord. Who walk in the law of the Lord. So I want to, I want to pursue blamelessness. I want to pursue the Word of God. That's what I'm pursuing. How blessed are those who observe His testimonies. How happy is it if Willard Taylor, he is so observant, he keeps, he guards, he protects the Word of God. He hides the Word of God in his heart that he might not sin. That's what God is saying that we need to pursue. Pursue a blameless life. Pursue the word of God. Then it says, Blessed is a person who seeks him with all their heart. So if I want, I want happiness, if I want to pursue happiness, I have to pursue God with all my Hard. That's what it says here. Woo. He said, you have ordained your precepts that we should keep them diligently. Oh, that my ways may be established to keep your statutes. Are you sure you want happiness? 
because we want to pursue happiness, but we're finding out we have to pursue God. We have to pursue blamelessness, his word. We have to pursue him. We really do. Let's go to Acts. We're going to come back to Psalm 2. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Let's go there. The pursuit of happiness. Pursuit of happiness. For the joy that set before him, he endured the cross. Verse 22 of Acts 2. Men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus of Nazareth. Now, now we, we're talking about this is, a, this is a time when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost on all those who was in the upper room. And, you know, all everybody's coming around. What is this? What's this still going on? What is this going on? And it's the men of Israel, listen to these words. Jesus the Nazarene, who a man attested to you, by God with miracles and wonders and signs which God performed through him in your midst, just as you yourselves know. This man, delivered over by the predetermined plan and foreknowledge of God, you nailed to the to a cross by the hands of godless men and put him to death. But God raised him up again, putting an end to the agony of death since it was impossible for him to be held in his power. Then he started quoting from the Old Testament. He says, For David says of him, I saw the Lord always in my presence, for he is at my right hand so that I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart was glad and my tongue exalted. Moreover, my flesh also will live in hope. Because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of Gladness, what's another word for gladness? Joy, happiness, with your presence. Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. And so because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn by him to him, with an oath to sit one of his descendants on his throne, he looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was neither abandoned nor to, to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised again, to which we are all witnesses, therefore having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he, was, he has poured forth this which you both see 
and hear. For it was not David who ascended into heaven, but he himself says, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom you crucified. If we're going to pursue happiness, if we're going to pursue joy, we must pursue to be like Christ, to be conformed to his image. We have to pursue him just like Paul was pursuing him in Philippians. This is an event that we are celebrating this day, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is so important because if he didn't rise again, then everything he said, everything was said about him in the Old Testament and prophesied about him would be untrue. Because he rose again for our justification. We would not be justified if it were not for his resurrection. Not only did he die for the sins of the whole world, so he died for our sins, but he rose again for our justification. You are in a position, positionally, just as you have never sinned. Just as though the, the, the first Adam, just as though you were never part of the first Adam. He wiped it out because you were part of the last Adam. He justified you because you are in Christ. Your life is hid in Christ with God. Because of the resurrection, because of what we are we'll celebrating this day. We can be happy we can be joyous. We can be excited because we say that one day we're going to rise again. Because he has said in John chapter 11, let's go there, in the Gospel of John chapter 11, verse 23, he said something when he was talking to Martha about Lazarus. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Mother said to him, oh, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. So when this body expires, that means that we're going to be in the presence of God. Because you remember on the cross, the two people that was one on one side, one on the other side, they were sinners. And uh, one said, hey, Jesus, uh, you know, let me be with you when you come in to your, your, your kingdom. He said, today. He didn't say, well, on that day, on judgment day, you can be with me. Did he? Today, 
you will be with me in paradise. Today, this man was a sinner. Up until that time, he, he, won't, he just got through mocking Jesus with the, with the other one. But then he said, wait, well, hey, won't you leave him alone? He came to his senses. He, he, got, he, he had some faith and faith put in him. He said, hey, leave him alone. This man hasn't done anything. We one should be up here. But not him. He's done no wrong. He hasn't done anything. Say, hey, can I be with you when you come into your kingdom? Today, you will be with me in paradise. So when this body expires, that day, on that instance, you will no longer be in this body. We can have all the funerals you can want to have. You can have all the thousands of people come look at open casket. It doesn't matter because they're looking at a gone person. You've gone. They're looking at a, a body you used to have. Because you are in the presence of the Lord. Right? To me, that's something to, to, to have joy, joy, joy over. That's something to me to be happy about. That I don't care if you kill this body, it doesn't matter because you can't send this body to hell. You better fear the one who can kill the body and send this you to hell. Right? That's what the scripture says. So you can, uh, he says, don't fear man. Don't fear him. He can't do anything. Shoot your best shot. Do what you want to do. The only thing you have done is made my day. Because today I'll be in paradise. Right? That's what Jesus said to him. Today you'll be in paradise. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Never die. Never die. You said, well, you already talked about when you die you'll be No, you didn't die. The body just expired. Right? If you leave home, like all of us oh, we're here, and we, we get a call, hey, pastor, everybody in your church, their house burnt down. They're gone. Oh, everybody's house in your church, only your church, is that the houses are gone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because you can build another house. But we're not that house, are we? We just live in it. We just live in it. Matter of fact, most of you not living in the same house you were living in 20 years ago. Most of you. Some of you might be. It doesn't matter what house I live in. This is a house right here. I wouldn't mind training for a new model. Right? That I don't have, I don't have to worry about, you know, Fingers that won't straighten out. I don't have to worry about, you know, knees that won't act right. Back that won't act right. Come on. Oh, my. But you're not going to get another one. You're not going to get a younger model. It might be 2017, but you are in that whatever year you were born body. It's going to stay there until you expire. And it's okay with me. It's okay with me. Because I think y'all look real good anyway. Really? I don't care how old you are, you look good. You look good. You say, oh, look good? Yeah, you look good. Well, I got some gray hair. Good, you got wisdom. 
Good. God looks at you and, and, and he's happy because of you. He created you. He created you just the way you look. You say, well, oh, when I was young, I didn't look like this. Well, God knew what you were going to look like. He knew all the french fries you were going to eat. You know, he knew. He knew. You see? Let's go to Psalm 2. Let's end there. The resurrection. The resurrection. Verse 10. Now therefore, O king, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the Son. And then we'll bow down to him that he not become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed, come on, how happy, how joyous are all who take refuge in him. Who do you take refuge in today? The Lord. The Lord. Who paid the price for your sin? The Lord Jesus, didn't he? The Lord Jesus. He came and he lived. He died. He rose again. He's ever seated at the right hand of God. He's ever interceding for you. He's, he's interceding for you. And when, when Jesus intercedes for you, you make it. You make it. You see, because you remember he said to, to um, Peter, you know, Satan, man, he, he desires you. He wants to sift you just like what? Wheat. But then he said, but I prayed for you. I prayed for you. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He's ever interceding on our behalf, so you are going to make it. You're going to make it because he's, he rose again. He's resurrected. He's living forever. He'll never die. And he, for the joy that set before him, he endured the cross, and that joy was to have you and me back in right standing with the Father. Woo, my goodness gracious. What a day today. We'll celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Woo, we're justified today. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to this message from Pastor Taylor and Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net. Or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.